Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology. We learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. I really wanted to take a quick second just to thank all of you who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology Radio. It has been such an exciting adventure for me. There are so many amazing things that are happening over here that I definitely want to share with you. So for the next few months, every person who signs up for my free newsletter will be entered into a drawing. In this monthly drawing, whomever wins will win a free 30-minute Skype call with me, James Miller. I will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. So go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and sign up for my free newsletter there. Who knows? Maybe you will be the lucky winner. So sign up today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to give you practical tools to successfully create. I'll also be interviewing recording artist Eddie Mann, who shares his story of successfully finding his creative voice. You all know me as a psychotherapist, but some of you may not yet know me as a composer. I currently have two albums which have been released. Think of both albums like books. Each composition is written like a chapter in a book. The first album, Consolation, explores a character's grief and loss. And just like in any book, the story explores a character's heartache and eventually he finds healing and hope. The second album, Restoration, explores a character's personal development. He has an awakening, and in that awakening, he recognizes all the things in his life which aren't healthy, and it helps him come to a place of restoration, being restored to something greater than before. You may purchase both albums on iTunes or any other digital music store. The names of the albums are Consolation and Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you are currently hearing is from the second album, Restoration, entitled Restoration. Practical Tools to Successfully Create For those of you who have listened to me for a long time, you understand that I really like for us to be aware of what we're doing, what we're thinking at all times. The more awareness we have, the more successful we will be to determine how we're going to respond in any situation. If I'm struggling in the moment and I want to do something very creative, there's really no way I'm going to be successful at doing it because my mind and my emotions are still focused on something that happened before. The irony of this particular lesson (laughs) is actually I had planned on doing this lesson earlier today, but unfortunately my website broke. So unfortunately I've been with customer service for about four hours and have not been able to be as creative as I would like to be. So I did chuckle quite a bit when I realized that this was going to be the lesson that I was teaching you today. When I discuss creativity, it doesn't necessarily mean creating a masterpiece of some sort. Being creative can simply be creating an alternate solution for problems you've had in the past, creating a viable response to someone who has done something to you. So there are many different ways in which we could be creative. So I just want us all to understand that we don't necessarily have to have some physical talent of some sort. But let's look at some practical tools there. If you're really busy and then you think, I'm going to do something really creative and really productive in this moment. If you're trying to do something in the wrong timing, well, then it's not going to be as successful as you'd like for it to be. And you're going to become frustrated. So timing is one of the most important things. What time of your day are you going to work on this creative venture? If you find that in the morning that you're really tired and you don't work well in the morning, well, then that's probably not the best time for you. Or in the evening, if you find you're just too exhausted, well, then that's not a right time either. So figuring out throughout the day which is the best time for you to be the most productive and most creative is going to give you the insight to determine when you should do this. Another really important thing is your space, the space itself in which you create. 
Did you realize that your environment influences how you think? When things are out of order, it subconsciously causes you to focus on that and not be able to give 100% attention to what you'd really like to do. So to be the most successful person you can be when it comes to being creative is make sure the environment in which you create is the most tidy that it can be. Sometimes if you're really struggling to come up with a different solution or perhaps just even being creative in general is you want to sit in a different spot in that room. When you physically look at a different spot in the room, it actually causes you to think differently. One of the other things that's important is to create some type of ritual beforehand. For me as a composer, if I've been struggling all day and I just sit down and start to play the piano, I'm not going to be as creative as I would like to be because once again, my mind is still going to be focused on the things that were happening earlier in the day. Figuring out a way to create a sense of gratitude or a sense of stillness and calmness in your mind is going to help you then smoothly transition to a whole new clean slate in your mind. So figuring out some type of breathing technique or maybe some type of meditation or even journaling that's going to help you purge your mind from the emotions and the struggles you dealt with earlier to then really allow yourself to holistically focus on what you want to do next. Another thing to do is to remove all distractions. The more distractions you have, the less successful you're going to be in concentrating. One thing I would really caution all of us to be aware of is sometimes our expectations are too high in that moment. If you're trying to come up with a really good solutions to a problem and you're not able to come up with it, sometimes that can cause frustration. Or perhaps you are an artist of some sort and you're trying to come up with something very creative, simply stop. Because the longer you try and force something, it won't come. And that creates more frustration within yourself. A lot of the techniques I've talked about today are things we already do already, but it is really good to stop and maybe retweak some of those things to make sure that we can enhance our experience even more. You have an amazing creative mind. Be sure to create the environment in which it can thrive. Did you know that I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 150 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show, so these YouTube episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode teaches you one simple lesson that you can practice daily, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and subscribe to my YouTube channel there, or go to youtube.com and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Eddie Mann is an inspirational folk singer-songwriter from Philadelphia. He has been a worship leader for the past 15 years, devoting his time and talents to spreading the gospel. His latest single has reached the top 10 in the national Christian radio charts. Welcome to my show, Eddie. Uh, good, so good to be with you, James. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here as well. I was looking at your schedule, and you seem to be very busy. You do a lot of tours, it looks like. I wear a lot of hats. So <laughs> So, at, so at any given time, I might be off doing one thing or another. But um, no, I'm very, very busy, and uh, I'm the kind of person that needs to be. Well, I think that's definitely one of the things we're going to talk about: is just how do you juggle so many hats that you wear? You do so many things. So, I think that's one of the really good things we're going to talk about as well. As someone who's so proficient and has so many hats, how do you actually make that work? It's a great question. <laughs> I, I, somewhere along the line, I, I subscribe to the idea that whatever I'm doing is the most important thing in my life at that moment. Ah, which makes sense. So, because so, so, I really don't want to discount any of the opportunities that life puts before me. Um, I don't want to discount it as this is less important because I'm doing this later on, so kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. So, um, so whatever I'm doing, this right now with you, you and I is the most important thing I could be doing right now in my life. Later on this afternoon, I, I will be in the studio. At some point, there's going to be a little pocket of time where I'm going to take my 90-year-old father 
uh, to grocery shopping. Oh, that's great. While I'm home. Yeah, I'm home. I've been away for a while, so I'm home right now. I can spend some quality time with him. Uh-huh. But that half hour, 40 minutes will be the most important part at that at that moment. Yes. Um, and, and it works for me. It may not work for everyone else, but it, it really works for me. And it helps me keep things balanced. Uh, whereas I, I may not think what I'm doing uh, is, is important, but it is. And if I'm, if I'm going in with the right mindset, then I'm not going to to uh, again discount that opportunity or that experience. Well, it's just well, exactly because if you look at this more in a psychological way, you can only be as efficient with however much time and energy you put into something. If you don't have enough, if you're doing multiple things at once, of course, you're not going to be able to be as efficient at it, and you're not going to be as as successful at it. Right. That's part of the part of the maturity. That's part of the journey is realizing that at some point you realize that your, your most valuable asset is time. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we all know there's not enough of it. So we definitely want to make sure that we're most efficient with it overall. So now tell me, you've, you've done so much when it comes to music. Give me a little bit of the backstories as far as how you discovered your passion for music. Yeah, I had a, I was a painfully shy kid growing up and uh, up until uh, the beginning of high school. And I, I got a guitar in my hands one day and it literally changed me immediately. Mm. Uh, into someone who could express himself, could have a voice about things, could feel better about themselves. This, while this was going on, I was I was a very proficient athlete all through my life, but I didn't find that missing element until I picked up a guitar. And in high school, I really wasn't very good. Um, but uh, I mean, it didn't matter. I was getting dates on every weekend, and you know. <laughs> So that that was like that was the driving force, you know. This is a really cool thing. And about the time that I graduated high school and was about to embark on a collegiate uh, season of my life, I realized that I needed to to get out on the road after two years of schooling. I needed to get out on the road to get this out of my system. Mm. And you know, a lifetime later, you know, it's 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 still not out of your system. (laughs) No, it's it's just who it's part of the fabric. It's just who I am. Yeah. Uh, So I so I did. I spent. Uh, a season as as a professional musician, uh, driving and, and performing around the country. And uh, when I met my wife is when things kind of changed. Um, I, I, I was ready to have children. I wanted to have a family, and I didn't want to be a dad where, where my kids wouldn't recognize who I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really... Uh, I went back to school. I finished schooling that I had started. Oh, and, that's great. And I spent a season as, a, as an educator. And uh, as, my, as my children got to that point where they were becoming a little bit more independent, I slowly started writing and recording and getting back into, uh, into the music business. And it was about that time um, that I wrote a song in a, in a, a faculty room one day. I had a, a degree period. I wrote a song that was just for me was a kind of an epiphany type thing that I wanted to use my gift mm. um, to support a God that I believed in and loved in so much. And uh, so it's, it really it has been a, a journey for sure. But it's also been one that step by step makes so much sense as I look back on it. Sure. Um, it was about the, I only did, I think, one recording at that time. And a pastor that I had never met from a church that I had never attended uh, ended up listening to this uh, this album, gave me a call 
we were going to have a little 15, 20 minute meeting. And three hours later, I walked out of there. I was a worship leader. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. And uh, starting a new Saturday service and a new Sunday service and really trying to develop uh, a, a place, an aesthetic, if you want to call it that, where people could worship in it with, with a, a different feel because so many people were and still are um, kind of uh, so many bad experiences and have disenfranchised themselves from the church. For good reasons, a lot of times. Sure, too. yeah. Um, but uh, so I, I had a, a wonderful 15, uh, 15 years with them, and I just resigned from that position oh, August a year ago um, because I felt the need to get back out into the marketplace, so to speak. Sure. Um, I've always been an optimist, so I've always written positive, positive music. Um, it's just how I get through the world each day. Uh, so... Well, I wanted to go back and ask you from earlier when you first said you first picked up the guitar and you felt like your life was transformed. You were a very timid young man. And all of a sudden to have that kind of be your, the, the focal point for how to maybe interact in the world around you. You, <laughs> you said you weren't that good at that time. But for you to be able to really have that and, and all of a sudden have something awaken in you that you never maybe even knew existed, I, I can't imagine how inspiring or maybe even odd driven that was specifically for you to see that there's a whole side of you that was waiting to just be um, revealed. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things that helped me as a father later on in my life that I really wanted to expose any everything I could to my children so that they could find where their passions were in life. Too often we're afraid you know, I don't know anything about that, or I'm not good enough to do that, or I'm not tall enough, I'm not short enough, whatever. You know, we're great at coming up with excuses. Of course. That little voice in our head never says anything positive. It only says negative things. <laughs> um, so I very rarely have the voice in my head say, great job, great <laughs> job, Eddie. <laughs> but but I, wanted, I wanted my kids to, to, to experience all these things, to, to find that as early in life as possible, because sometimes we don't. Sometimes we could be... 30, 40, or 50, and find out, wow, I really never thought about doing this. Yeah, we find that so, passion later on, of course. Yeah, so I, I encourage people all the time to just, you know, go for it, you know? It's really that strong of a feeling in your heart, experience it. You know, you can always move on to something else, but you just never know what maybe you were meant to be doing in this world. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. I think so many, so many times we just follow the formula that the world has set as, as the right path for everybody, and it doesn't always work. Uh, and so with that, just uh, listening to your own heart, finding that stillness within yourself to determine, wait a minute, I, I really enjoy this. Sometimes it goes to the basic feelings when I work with my patients is, do you feel good about this and it's healthy? Or do you mm -hmm. feel badly about it? You know, if you right. feel badly about it, then why are you doing it? <laughs> Sometimes it's just as simple as that is, then stop it. <laughs> yeah. Or if it, if it feels really good and it's healthy, then you do it. That's the, that's the difference. It's healthy, not <laughs> just because it feels good. So I really want to differentiate between the healthy good and just right. something that's good. Yeah. But, but I also want to go back to ask you the question. So you said that when you wrote your first song and your, the break when you were with... Um, when you were teaching, was that the first time you really wrote a song that was maybe more favored towards, towards your God or towards God rather? It was the first time that I, yes, it was the first time that I consciously wrote a song to God. Mm. Well, how oh, was it so for you? Because I'm sure if you're writing all these other songs before and all of a sudden this is more of a devotional between more intimate between you and God, how was that for you to, to write in a different genre, a different way? Well, it was, it was, a, it was definitely a, an enormous epiphany type of moment for me. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very, very awakening kind of moment that, wow, I should have been doing this all my, all mm -hmm. my life. 
Um, and uh, so it was, it was gradual, it was natural. It was at a time in my life where the previous maybe four or five years, I felt myself being drawn back to the church. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what church, I didn't know what kind, I didn't know what environment was going to work for me, was going to uh, engage me, was going to inspire me. Um, but you soul search, you know, and, and, and you kind of wander in and out of different places till you feel comfortable. I never felt like I had to go to a particular church. In fact, I, when I was a leader for uh, all the, as long as I was at the, at the church, I often told people, if, don't, if you don't like what's passing through me or what I feel like we should be doing, don't even complain to me. Just go to another church down the block. You may find the perfect thing there mm. or the fir- perfect preacher there or the, whatever, whatever it is in life. I think too, too often we just build these boundaries that we decide the boundaries of our life when we're not really in control of it most of the time. Mm, we, think, we think we are, but there's so many pieces being moved around us on the outside that uh, you know, we tend to stay in these little boundaries. We define it rather than letting it happen for itself. Mm-hmm. So um, that, was, that was kind of my approach getting into this. It felt right. It felt good. The first couple years were really very, very uh, difficult uh, from a spiritual leader because I was not a spiritual leader. I was a band leader. I could do that in my sleep. I had a teaching background. I knew how to teach, but that also came very natural. But what didn't come natural was being a spiritual leader. Mm. For the first time in my life, my band was not getting paid in cash. So up until that point, if you didn't meet the level of what I thought was proficient, I would hire someone else. But now I had people people giving of their time, giving of their heart, and I had to figure out how to manage that from a spiritual sense. Fortunately for me, I was always encouraged to write in the language of kind of the pastor and the church itself. So I released six or seven albums, I guess. Oh, wow. During that time period um, that were straight, you know, worship albums um, that spoke again in the language of, of, of the church. And uh, so the writing part was very natural. I, I, you know, it was very easy for me to just, uh, often they would have a, a particular piece of music that might've been four or 500, maybe a thousand years old. Mm. And, uh, you know, they'd ask me, you know, can we do something fresh with this? Do you feel like you could write something new to this? And sometimes it would come very naturally. Sometimes I'd have to work through, through three or four different kind of morphings. Of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, get it, to get it to where it felt good to me, Sure. where it felt good internally. Cause I always try to leave the, I try to leave the songs I write at home and take the ones out that I feel that are kind of spiritually passing through me. Mm. Um, they tend to engage people much more, certainly in a in a in a uh, spiritual sense. Well, so when you're up there, uh, you know, and being a, well, let me stop you for one second. Maybe some of my listeners don't know what um, what Christian music is, or just even what a, a, a worship leader is. Can we maybe help them understand the specifics of what that is, I guess? Yeah, now, now I can define it because... <laughs> <laughs> Before you can, yeah. <laughs> when I started, I had no, no clue. Um, <laughs> in general, what, what I do or what the worship leaders do is try to create an atmosphere that allows people to get closer to God through music. Mm-hmm. Um, we spend... I, I, I normally spend... It's, it's what works for me and what I find engages people the most is to, is to have something quiet that allows people to separate themselves from all the clutter in their life. Mm-hmm. 
um, we I normally roll into a, a song or two that's just recognizing the greatness of God, recognizing the blessings in our life, and uh, coming from a place of gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. And then kind of move on to a place of uh, that's 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 more uh, prayerful. Um, and basically, I want to prepare people for for a message that's going to be delivered, um, and I want them to to move again each each time we you know we get with we, we spend with God. It's a journey in itself. Um, I used to jump right in. You know, I think most people when they if when they go to a place of prayer, they just kind of jump right in. They just you know they want to get right into it as opposed to just getting quiet mm. and just allowing them. I just spent we were talking. I spent four six weeks on the road and four of those weeks were in in florida on a barrier island where i was able to in the morning get up every day before sunrise and just walk on the beach just in quiet just in stillness just with creation and nature and one of the favorite things to me to do is to walk toward the beach or toward the ocean until my peripheral vision is just the ocean Mm. and then i say nothing but creation if there's no planes flying by Nothing man-made. It's just me and creation. And that opens my mind up and opens my heart up to so many different things, um, which is why I want to eventually move down there permanently. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's such a healthy environment. Sure. It's a healthy way to start the day and get in touch with all the things that are important as opposed to all the things we think are important. Exactly. Well, I think, I think a good, good analogy as you were talking made me think of this. So if I'm, if I'm in, in my office and you know, I want to be in a really creative space, if I just come right on in and just start writing something, and, but there's clutter all over my desk, well, I haven't created a space for it. So I have to remove all that clutter, create the space, a creative atmosphere for myself to really draw on the, the I guess, the, the creativeness, I suppose, uh, that, that I would need in order to... to create something beautiful and wonderful. And so I think just, you know, the analogy of itself is if we come running right on in to try and do something in anything without creating that time of reflection and meditation or creating a blank space or a tabla rasa, if you will, then mm-hmm. there's no way that we're going to be able to really experience it to the fullness of what our life is or how it could be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, listening to you now, I'm thinking, you know, when you, most people have done this at one point or another, you get a new house or apartment or whatever, and you walk in, without any furniture in it. Mm-hmm. And, it and it's enormous. And it can be anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it can be anything. You know, your mind is just, you're looking around, and it could be anything. And for me, that's what I want creative space to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want spiritual space to be. I want to get, I want to move the sofas out, the lamps, I want to move the rugs <laughs> up. I want, yeah. I want a hardwood floor and four, yeah. wall, four white walls. Yeah. And, you know, and a beautiful window with sun coming in or whatever light coming in. And that's it. And if I... If, I could go in there every day and create something completely different. Um, so yeah, that declutterizing our life, trying to create space is an ongoing, uh, ongoing journey for me. <laughs> now I hear. You. I think I think a lot of my listeners can really relate with that as well. Yeah. So now going back, so you write many different types of genres, though it sounds like correct. So not only do you have when, when it comes to the uh, the, the more Christian music, but also when you go perform, is it always the same type of genre? Well, the, no, I, I grew up listening to all different types of music, which really has um, kind of 
it filters through you when, when, when at least it does for me. I'm in, I write every day. I'm inspired ease, very easily, which is a, such a gift, such a blessing mm-hmm. um, that I'm, I'm writing all the time. And when it comes time to do the next album, I'll gather the songs that I've written over that season. And almost, always, it, it's going to reflect whatever I've been living through. Uh, and, and two years ago, I, I found myself writing songs that were about living this place, living in God's kingdom, as opposed to singing them directly to God. They're more reflective. Mm. And uh, so I, I released an album called Dig Love, and it was, it was really about just this um, peaceful existence, an idyllically peaceful existence where people were compassionate again. And, uh, I, you know, during the year of promoting that and traveling, I had written another group of songs um, that are on an album called The Consequence, which uh, really moved on to like, even if you can accept, subscribe, whatever you want to call it, to that, that idyllically peaceful, compassionate life, you're still going to have down days. You're still going to mm-hmm. have darkness in your life. You're still going to have financial loss, personal loss, illness, all that. And uh, for me, always, it's been the power of love that allows me to, to, to get out of those places. So this, song, this album, I found myself writing songs that were still, again, um, symbolic of what it's like to live in this world, but also had some songs that were darker in, in tone and darker lyrically in storylines. And uh, so when it comes time to write them, I don't, I don't think, okay, well, this is going to be a rock song or this is going to be country or this feels R&B mm-hmm. or jazz. Or, I just let it go where it goes and, and ultimately try to stay out of the way. That makes sense. No, I, I totally understand. Uh, that, you yeah. know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to force a lyric. I don't want to force a chord. I don't want to force a, a, a genre or feeling. I just want the sound to go where it wants to go, and stay out of its way. And and, and inevitably, at the end, uh, I, I do have a what I an accountability team I've had ever since I started at the church, and uh, and I'm I'm blessed to have people that I I truly trust, and I'm blessed to have people that will tell me if the song's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, good to have it's yeah, good to have so those people <laughs> it eliminates it eliminates me having to make a lot of decisions because sometimes the songs are really close to you emotionally and but maybe they're not reaching or, or going to reach or touch other people and it's also the realization that sometimes i need to write a song just for myself to hear yeah it's a cleansing you know it's very cleansing to do that also so uh, but yeah, it could be from from album to album, from song to song, they can be very, very different. Well, I think it goes back to just creating that creative space within yourself, decluttering yourself. So living a life of decluttering, if you will, this is totally my words, but decluttering <laughs> in your mind and your spirit allows you to be open to writing, to being creative, to being able to to find that, find maybe the words that are, are specific for you know, for your, for your audience themselves. I mean, I know things that I do here and for Lifeology, and I'm sure things you do as well, there are certain things that we may say or made um, in our actions or our words, which really resonates with people, which gives them that aha moment of, oh, my life doesn't have to be the way it is, or with this person, the lyrics in this song, or what, what James just said, that really makes sense to me. And now I really want to use that to help the world around me. And so it just goes from there. So I think it's, it is important, I think, for all of us, regardless if we're on the air or not, but to live a life that is, allows you to create that, that stillness within yourself to be able to touch the world around you. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have, if I don't put up boundaries, then there's less, I don't have to knock them down. Mm-hmm. If I can catch myself before I do that, um, 
you know, then, then the, the songs can go anywhere. The message can go anywhere. It can just freely be expressed. But if I start building up again those boundaries, then I, I, I may not go to a specific area. And I think that's true if you're searching for your passion in life, um, you know, that you don't want to put anything up that's going to stand between you and what you were meant to do or meant to be or how, you know, and, and, and the other side of that is, being what you're meant to be or meant to do is how you touch other people yeah. and make their lives better. Well, because we're all interconnected in so many different ways. Well, absolutely. That's a beautiful absolutely. thing about lifeology itself. It's a study of life, but it's also teaching everybody. You know, you're teaching me, I'm teaching you, everyone around us, we're teaching each other lessons of how to live a healthy, more productive, more successful life. That can be in the sense of I can see someone and say, oh, I, I see the lesson they learned and I want, don't want to... I don't want to experience that same lesson, so I'm not going to do that. Or I really like what this person did. I really want to see how that makes sense in my own life. And so it's just a beautiful tapestry of how we all link together in a wonderful way, teaching each other so many things about life and, and mm-hmm. helping us all grow and develop in a beautiful way. I think so. It's, it's a, for me, it's that idea of being a student, mm-hmm. always being a student. When I had star students years ago, I would ask them to give me a list of what they liked and what they didn't like. Uh, in styles and genres of music. And uh, often, as much as I could, I would pick a song that they didn't like and a genre they didn't <laughs> like. And tell them, I'd send them out. I'd say, you don't have to learn to play it, but I want you to listen to it and come back next week and tell me something you've learned. <laughs> what did you learn? Maybe, maybe a guitar lick, maybe a feeling, maybe yeah. a chord change or something. But because there's something there, there's sure. always going to be something there to help us grow. You can always and learn. To help us mature as a, as a, as, as a human being here. So... Uh, but yeah, they didn't always like that part of us. <laughs> They're about. like, wait a minute, you tricked us here. <laughs> well, you know, actually, there were two or three that almost looked forward to it. Oh, you really? Know? Oh, that's neat. Now, they, you know, sometimes you get, you, everybody's always at a different part of their journey, and some yeah. were mature enough to grasp. Oh, uh, yeah, the concept of it, yeah. That uh, they were the ones that I think were, their creativity and their, cre- their ability to create was a little further advanced than some of the other ones. Sure, they could, um, and they could see the relevance or the, the, yeah, they the could benefit the of challenge. it. Yeah. Well, it, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I enjoy hearing just your concepts of just how you've, you integrate your own philosophy, not only in your, in your, at your church and how you lead worship, but also just in overall how your, your life really makes sense. It sounds like it's very balanced and very peaceful, and it sounds like you're, you're changing your world around you. I... Totally enjoyed myself here. This is wonderful. Enjoyed our time together. <laughs> Excellent. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and all your music, where would they find your information online? Uh, EddieMann.com, E-D-D-Y-M-A-N-N.com. Uh, on Facebook, it's EddieMann.Musician. And uh, they can connect on uh, Twitter at Eddie, E-D-D-Y underscore M-A-N-N. And I'm constantly challenging people to be in conversation with me. We live in a in a world and in a time where it's so easy to be in conversation with each other about anything. Yes. If you, if I, if I, if you hear one of my songs and you just really hate it, I'd love to be in conversation <laughs> with you about it. I'd love to know what nerve I touched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. That's great. Well, Eddie, thank you once again for being a guest on my show. Thanks, James. Look forward to catching up with you again. I also want to thank you, the listener, for joining with us today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today. Also, please go to my website where you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy, watch my YouTube episodes, and read all the articles I've written just for you. If you'd like to become a guest or show sponsor, please visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. And of course, follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for joining with us today. I'll talk to you soon.